Hi, my name is Nikki, and welcome to Quick Picks, a reader's advisory podcast for all kinds of media available at the library. If you want suggestions on what to try next, we're here to help. When I was a kid, I loved watching The Hardy Boys. But if an episode aired and Nancy Drew wasn't a part of it, I'd throw a little tantrum and I'd refuse to watch the rest of it. Today, I'm not quite as dramatic, but it's still pretty close. And as I approach the big 5-0, I'm realizing how marginalized, interesting, older female protagonists are. We all want to read stories that represent people like us, and it set me on a mission. For as long as I've been reading books, Older female characters have been the doting grandma or the witch, figurative or literal. Meryl Streep famously said that the year she turned 40, she was offered three different roles as witches, telling her that she was old by Hollywood standards. I don't want to ruffle feathers, but women over 40 are just as interesting, if not more so, and they're hugely underrepresented in media today. For ages, it seems, women have fought against the Aunt B stereotype. And in my meandering reading experience, it seems as though when it comes to breaking stereotypes, fantasy slash sci-fi, graphic novels, and young adult books lead the march towards better representation. However, I'm going to highlight some today that are more in traditional fiction, though all different kinds that I hope that you enjoy because they're just as much fun to read and multifaceted as we are. I'm going to start with Brit Marie Was Here by Frederick Bachman. Go figure, my favorite author on yet another of my list of recommendations, I know. If you read My Grandmother Asked Me to Tell You She's Sorry, Brit Marie was a character in that book who was promoted to her very own book. She's an older woman in a complicated relationship with her husband who doesn't appreciate her. It was really easy to dislike her in My Grandmother, but this is her story. And Bachman is a wizard at revealing the inner depth of his characters so that you not only sympathize with them, but you also cheer them on. It is also a book that led me to think that Bachman would make books about characters from previous books, and I will forever await a book on Parvana from a man called Uva. But I digress. Britt Marie leaves her husband, has to find work, find a home, and make her way in the world, and she ends up in a destitute town coaching soccer to the local children, and you will see her in a whole new light. Her story is relatable and painful, and it goes to prove that women can reinvent themselves at any point in their journey. There are three modern fiction authors I think of immediately who plumb the depths of the female soul in books that they write, and often with characters who are of a certain age or beyond. Toni Morrison. Barbara King Solver, and Anne Patchett. And since I'm newer to the Anne Patchett fan club, I am going to highlight her book, State of Wonder. Did you watch the movie Medicine Man back in the 90s? It's with Sean Connery and Lorraine Bracco. 
where Brocco's character is sent into the rainforest to find Connery's character, who a pharmaceutical company is funding to find a cure for cancer, and he kind of has gone off the grid and no one knows what he's doing. Well, this is a better version of that story. Only the doctor in the rainforest is Dr. Swenson, who's in her 70s, and she's found a tribe who doesn't suffer from menopause or infertility, and they're having babies into their 60s and 70s. Dr. Ekman was sent to get information on the research she's doing because she's stopped corresponding. And then the lab receives a notice that Ekman died of a fever and was buried in the forest. So Dr. Marina Singh, who's in her 40s, unmarried and childless, is then dispatched to Brazil to find both Dr. Swenson and to retrieve more information on Dr. Ekman's death for his family. Singh has a history with Swenson, plus she suffers terribly from the malaria prevention medication, which adds to the ominous situation that she's been plunged into. It's gut-wrenching. And people are, as usual, shades of gray, never to be good or bad wholly. And your emotions are pulled back and forth with the struggle of trying to put them into the good or bad category, but none of her fit. Having just had a hysterectomy myself a couple weeks ago, this book hit home because it paralleled my own contemplation of fertility and worth, motherhood, our roles in life, and the idea that if we can have babies into our old age, should we? There are heavy ideas and heartbreak, and it's very discussion-worthy, which is partly why I recommend it. I need to talk to someone about my feelings about this book. So if you read it, reach out. Another more literary book is Unsheltered by Barbara Kingsolver. Willa is the matriarch in this compelling story of a successful couple who both end up underemployed in their 50s. They move into an old house in Vineland, New Jersey, that's falling apart. Their adult children are going through trauma and turmoil. There's a new baby. And Willa has an idea that if she can find history of her old home, there may be grants available to help fix it up. This leads to a dual timeline of the 1870s with a science teacher named Thatcher Greenwood who was persecuted for his belief in evolution and completely at odds with the Christian principle of the school where he works. Strong, interesting women of all ages are present, but Willa is our protagonist, whose patience and wisdom lead her family through chaos. This is typical King Solver depth and an interesting look at Christianity and science with a falling down house and archaic beliefs as the common thread in both of the timelines. Economics, academia, student loans, bigotry in the modern elderly that mimics the bigotry of the late 1800s and fun debates on global economics run through this, and they made me want to know these people. I love King Solver for that. I cannot explain why I never read a book by Peter Heller until now, but it happened. Celine is an engrossing story of a sharp, witty, semi-retired woman in her late 60s who has emphysema, loads of money, lots of education, and a seemingly incongruous skill set with guns, hunting, and defense. 
She's looking for a woman's lost father. And I don't know which history and mystery is more fascinating, the missing father or Celine's own past. Add to that the setting in the Tetons, Yellowstone, and Glacier National Parks in early fall, and my love was sealed. This is a sort of literary mystery thriller, but not exclusively. And if you like conspiracy and spy stuff, dig in because it's not the cozy old lady mystery you might think. It's rugged and the characters are rough oddballs, but there's so much joy in the relationship between Celine and her husband, Pete. If you're not going to age quietly and spend your retirement knitting on a rocking chair, or if you do and you still want to read about women who don't, you should get to know Celine. When I was researching books for this episode, I did a search for, quote, badass midlife female characters, unquote. And the Emily Maxwell series by Stuart Onan came up more than once. So I took it on. I read a review about the first book, Wish You Were Here, that said that the book ends abruptly, as if the author got tired of writing the narrative and abandoned it. And it makes me laugh because that's exactly what I thought as well. I was actually surprised that it's a series because it felt like the author just gave up. The first book is about Emily's relationships with her family and the past. And the second book, Emily Alone, is more about her relationships with her friends. Emily is complicated and stubborn, and it was a fantastic glimpse into the thought processes of someone who is a generation older than me, a boomer, if you will, and where their staunch ideas come from. So that was interesting, even if sometimes I wanted to smack her. When I mentioned the subject of today's episode to my friend Michelle, who often recommends amazing books to me, she told me about the Beach House series by Mary Alice Monroe. The first book is about the relationship between Lovey, an elderly, wealthy, dying conservationist who loves turtles and has moved into the family beach house on an island in the South Carolina Low Country, and her successful independent daughter Coretta, who was thrown out at 18, found her way alone, and built a life in Chicago but is now on a journey of redefining herself. There's romance, there's family drama, there's a hurricane, there's Southern charm, and there's so much information about sea turtles that my heart swooned. The subsequent books in the series focus on other women in the circle throughout their years at or near the beach house. So if you like the first one, you'll have many more to keep you company. I've talked about Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman a few times, so I'm just going to say this. If you haven't already read it, read this. It's fun and clever and witty, and you'll love the folks in this retirement community and wish that they were in your life. It's a cozy mystery. Everyone is lovable. There is some darkness and some tragedies, but the resilience of these folks is just part of their charm. A few episodes ago, I also talked about The Woman with the Knife by Gu Byung-mo, about an older woman in South Korea who lives an unattached, isolated life where she works as a paid assassin. 
And she has a new nemesis at the company, and she has to get to the bottom of the mystery about why she's being targeted. This book bears repeating under this heading today. So here she is again. There's The Marlowe Murder Club by Robert Thorogood, which is a series, so more books to come. First of all, this is not The Thursday Murder Club. It isn't going to be as witty and as charming, so don't have expectations of anything similar. What it is, is a good, cozy mystery. Judith, who's in her 70s, is a puzzle master, spending her time creating and solving crosswords. So a murder in the neighborhood that she witnesses becomes another puzzle she has to solve. With the help of her best friends, Bex, and the new dog-loving neighbor, Susie. Two of the three of them are unattached, and their connection at the police department is also a woman looking to prove her skills. So it's female strong and an interesting collection of very different personalities. As long as we're talking about mysteries, there's also the Bridget Quinn series by Becky Masterman. Bridget is a retired FBI agent, happily settled in retirement life in Arizona with her husband, but a case at the end of her career comes up again and she's pulled back in. The series is dark, edgy, and Bridget's age is an issue as things keep happening in her life that require her help with her old job skills. Serial killers, fighting for someone's innocence, complicated relationships in her life, etc., Bridget pushes the definition of retirement, but it's nice to have a heroine who has years and wisdom under her belt and a career as an investigator behind her. Well, sort of behind her. The Mother-in-Law by Sally Hepworth was another recommendation by my friend Michelle, who I will interview for this podcast sometime soon because her head is full of great books. At first, I thought this was the stereotypical mother-in-law situation, but as soon as we're given an insight into Diana's story, she becomes the heroine, the complicated one you like the most. Lucy's the daughter-in-law, and she's sweet, and she defends herself, but she also gives Diana more chances and shows a lot of empathy. However, her personality is a little bit flatter. Diana was great. Ali is the son-slash-husband. And he played such a small role, but I was really glad that he didn't get in between them or take sides. They all lived their lives as best they could. But what I loved, what hooked me from the start, was the explanation that men get along so well because they don't care enough. And women struggle with one another more because they care too much. And then the whole rest of the book was evidence to the concept. I hope you can find the Elderly Lady series by Helene Turston. If you're familiar with the Jeff Lindsay series about Dexter, either the books or the TV show, this is the Swedish version with Maud as an 88-year-old woman doing the death work and making the world a better place one murder at a time. It's hard not to cheer for her. Apples Never Fall by Leanne Moriarty is newer, and I loved this book. Moriarty's another author who can reveal characters and surprise the reader with their inner depth, and I found that this was definitely the case with this book. 
Joy Delaney is the older female character to focus on, and her family, her adult children, and her husband Stan don't seem to understand her. Enter Savannah, a virtual stowaway who wormed her way into the family home and specifically into Joy's affections. Drama ensues, and then Joy disappears. Is she missing? Is she dead? Has she been murdered? The investigation slowly transpires as the history is revealed, and I honestly don't recall reading a book where the characters were so infuriating and relatable all at once. I flip-flopped on liking and hating these people, seemingly with every few pages, and it's just a symptom of how realistic Moriarty's characters are. I just hope When this is made into a movie or a series, Nicole Kidman doesn't play Joy like she's played all the main characters in previous Moriarty adaptations. That's just my take. No Kidman, no Witherspoon. Give other women a chance to play good female characters. Like maybe Olivia Coleman. Uh huh. Yeah, that would be awesome. With that said, you could probably find fascinating women over 40 in all of Moriarty's books. So if you like one, just keep going through her entire collection. When I was fleshing out the idea of an episode on 40-plus interesting female characters in general fiction, I struggled to come up with a marketable way to describe the category. Tana said, marvelous middle-aged mavens, and it made me laugh. But we definitely need to showcase more imperfect women who have the benefit of life experience and whose focus isn't necessarily finding a partner and settling down. There's plenty of that out there if that's your cup of tea, and I won't criticize anyone's reading preferences, but I require some more substance and characters I don't just recognize in others, but ones I relate to. Thanks to these authors for their realistic and multidimensional marvelous midlife mavens. Further recommendations are the following authors. Jody Pico, Fanny Flagg, Anne Tyler, Terry McMillan, and Kristen Hanna. And visit Women in Translation online and on social media for more suggestions. And that brings this episode of Quick Picks to a close. We hope you join us next time for more suggestions in different genres and maybe different media. My name is Nikki, and Quick Picks is coming to you from the Round Lake Area Public Library in Round Lake, Illinois. The end.